Hello, and welcome to another episode of Believe in Victory, a Granblue versus podcast. Um, it's really early in the morning right now, but I did this so that we could have our very first Japanese guest. Hello, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally not Japanese. Just a, a foreigner, <laughs> foreigner in Japan, just a simple SSS Lancelot player. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I needed to uh, clickbait our viewers for like at least five seconds or so, maybe less than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect clickbait. Wait, no, don't click off. I'm just kidding. Anyways, so thank you for joining me this morning. Uh, I guess this, e this evening for you, but um, I mean, this is kind of the standard structure from like PST all the way to JST. Yeah, it's definitely not the uh, most convenient time zone <laughs> difference. Yeah, but that's how it goes. It's okay. I'd be playing Final Fantasy 14 right now anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, FTC retirement home. Yeah, not retirement. It's... Uh, uh, I guess it's like uh, this is our version of like jazzer size, I think. <laughs> or like water aerobics, you know, like when you're out of shape, but you like kind of want to stay half in shape. This is what you, oh, oh, what I you see. do. Yeah. <laughs> like mental mental solace, I guess, from uh... <laughs> exactly. So, well, you know, when I spoke to Tempest like a few weeks ago, he said he got into his best condition, like not overplaying and he's saying like yeah i only played like maybe a couple hours a day as opposed to like what i used to play and like dang you must have been playing like a lot before that oh <laughs> uh, i think i actually think that's a pretty common trend with uh fighting game players in general especially like super competitive ones mm -hmm. like they're playing the game a lot a lot a lot and uh you get burned out pretty pretty quickly and i think a lot of people kind of uh have that same opinion where like yeah i actually improved a lot or like I made a lot of progress uh, when I stopped playing so much. Um, actually, I saw a Kubo tweet about that too. Uh, I think he was, I don't know what prompted him to to tweet about that, but uh, he was saying that he personally finds it better to um, work on things in small increments rather than like try to do everything at once, I guess because he didn't like retain it as well or just they, that worked better for him over time. So yeah, it, I think there's probably a couple of things that work there. Yeah, like there's the concept of flow, where it's like every day you need to do a little bit so your brain is engaged, and then that way, um, like you kind of there's like a bonus, there's like a daily rested bonus, basically. Like if you, <laughs> if you, uh... <laughs> that's definitely true. Like it's a it's a funny parallel, but that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> and also, um, there is also kind of like a sense of like um, you know like. They say the brain is a muscle. It's not, but it kind of functions like one. It's pretty hard to cram all like, you know, and like, I think um, fighting games are more and more knowledge based. So you actually need to study and implement like what, you, what, you're, what you're learning, right? So, you know, maybe in that sense, perhaps that is the best way to compete. Yeah, I mean, like all, all, kind, all kinds of learning are like that, right? You practice something, I don't know, you sleep on it quite literally, uh, your brain, you know, puts it away, uh, you wake up and then the next time, like you're, you're better at whatever it was. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes so, sense. yeah, it's not quite like the original game where the more you play, the better you are. <laughs> and the less you sleep, <laughs> the better you are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about Guild War uh, that just ended. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I think Kubo was also the one who, um, like, during the interview, he said, I'm sorry for not putting any points in. <laughs> he War. did. He did actually say that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that that was pretty funny. He's like, sorry. <laughs> sorry to my crewmates. <laughs> yeah, so um, I do want to talk a, about Rage. I do want to do a Rage preview. That's why I brought you on here. But also, um, let's see here. Like, before I want to get started with that, um, 
I find it really interesting that um, Grand Blue Fantasy versus and other Arc System Works developed fighting games or just fighting games in general, they have their own kind of like first party esports pretty much, right? So, for example, Rage, you know, Rage is a first party esport basically. Yeah, Psy Games and uh, and Arc both pretty much working with uh, Rage Esports is uh, also responsible for the uh, Shadowverse. Yeah, they are. And they're also kind of pretty integral. They do their other events too. They usually see Valorant and stuff like that and League and things like that as well. But um, it's pretty interesting because like it's pretty much synonymous with like Shadowverse Esports and like Grandpa Fantasy Esports is Rage. Um, mm. And, you know, I find it really interesting that like these love these fighting games, they kind of they buy into the idea that like a competitive community is like vital to the success of like their fighting game as a whole. Mm. It kind of gives them like, it, it gives players something to like aim for, right? No matter what level they are. I think you can kind of actually see that effect too. Like they just announced uh, how many, uh, man, how many copies was it that they sold of the game? Uh, 450,000, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's a very large number for a, for a fighting game. Uh, so I was I was kind of impressed by that, but honestly, I think that um, part of the thing that that kept those those sales running is not only that Grand Blue is a popular IP, especially in Japan, but uh, just like having that competitive scene and having the players like, um, for instance, Score uh, does a lot of uh, event organization, uh, trying to get people playing, uh, talking to each other, um, and then to a lesser extent, other people kind of also picked up the same. Uh, the same roles in the in the community and and also had their own smaller events uh but yeah i i really do think it 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 kind of helped keep interest in the game for a lot longer um than it maybe otherwise would have been yeah like it's um like the actual like structure and like the kind of benefit that the top like having the first party like participate in some kind of esport or tournament kind of does have like a trickle down effect where like people want to compete at a local level and then continue to compete, right? Right, yeah. I mean, like, even the first the first Rage event was, what, uh, like 800, I want to say, people signed up for it mm-hmm. out of, um, I think it was capped at uh, 1,024. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was, that's a lot for an online tournament. It is. I don't know, like, what the, what, a, so to kind of put into perspective, I don't know what a lot for an online tournament is in Japan currently but it does seem like a lot when a lot of them seem very very like strong like level players and there aren't really a lot of um they don't really get a lot of low level players in these tournaments was what i noticed i remembered like a couple years ago during arc revo like there was one like random like guilty team that they put the, against the americans <laughs> and it was like three random like like you know I don't know, like F rank net players, basically. <laughs> but that was probably the only like low level team I've seen kind of enter these uh, online tournaments. So I think, um, just generally speaking, uh, I didn't actually notice more uh, random players in the first rage tournament. Mm-hmm. The second rage tournament was has been a lot lower uh, in turnout. It was only like I want to say three hundred something people, and I think they were shooting for like half of what they were shooting for last time so like 500 something mm-hmm. um or they actually might have had the cap set at like 1024 again and then uh and then maybe reduced it to 512 when they realized they weren't going to meet that but um but the first time they actually got a lot of newer players like literally one of my first opponents uh 
was somebody who um, said that like he talked to me afterwards and he was like, yeah, I don't really uh, I don't really compete too much, but I really like this game. So I, I wanted to um, and I've run into at least like one or two other players like that um, yeah. in, in other tournaments. But I do feel as time has moved on, not as many people <laughs> like that exist. Uh, people still casually play the game, but uh, they might not enter online tournaments just because it's, you know, it's a tournament. <laughs> it's competitive. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get a little scared sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of like a, so I think it's very interesting because Grand Blue is a popular IP, so you do see a lot of other kind of players kind of pick it up. You saw a lot of different players from different scenes originally pick it up, and then you also saw that like people who don't even play fighting games started to play Grand Blue as well. So I I find it really interesting that um, you know I think. It is like we kind of went over how it is important for a this like a fighting game of this magnitude to have like a competitive esports scene. I find it very interesting that like happening in parallel right now that like Nintendo doesn't really want to have a competitive Smash scene. Um, I think it's kind of the take that people have. What do you think about that, if anything? Well, I mean, there's there's a couple sides to that. First of all, I do seem to recall. I think Sakurai really didn't want the game viewed as a like actual competitive game a long time ago yeah i wonder i i didn't speak much japanese at that time <laughs> so i <laughs> i always wondered if that was mistranslated personally I, I, I always wondered about that too but then at the same time like you also had stuff like random tripping and brawl <laughs> and like a whole bunch of like things that exist in the game that are like very obviously intended to be rng based yeah so i mean it, it like kind of lends credence to it but I also did not speak very good Japanese at the time. I yeah. still probably don't, but uh, I'm better than I was then. I think it was on like, because he used to update a blog like really often. There used to be somebody who would update his blog. Yeah, there was up, like a developer yeah. blog or something. Yeah, that was crazy. Like a really long running developer blog. I, I think probably that was the first of its kind, actually. Yeah, I think that was when they were leading up to the release of Brawl, right? Yeah. Like they were trying to, they were trying to hype it up. So and I guess people liked uh, Melee so much that they're like, okay, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll do this to try to get like more, generate even more interest, and uh, eventually lead up to like uh, Subspace Emissary and stuff like that. Yeah. So well, the internet was still young back then. We didn't really understand like what was like good content, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> thinking about it now, and social media wasn't really around it either. So, if not yeah, at all, so predating I, a lot of. I think it might have MySpace. Dude. <laughs> does that count yeah it <laughs> does guess. well it kind of does yeah i don't like that was before companies really i guess they eventually did start trying to use myspace to like advertise and stuff but in the beginning like i don't think they really leveraged it very well yeah well they also didn't buy and sell all of our data either but anyways <laughs> back to the point i think that like um yeah they they all they they kind of put in that yeah we don't want to make this competitive game like what do you take out of that what do you think so I mean, like, at this point in time, right? You can't unmake Smash as a as a competitive game. Like, it's whether you want it or not. Uh, especially since they include options to like turn off turn off items, uh, like deselect stages as uh, as part of the rotation stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, they've obviously taken steps from the development side to make it more viable to play as a tournament game. Mm-hmm. But then on the event support side. They are not so good about that. <laughs> yeah. And at least like with the most 
recent um event with them uh uh not wanting to support uh what is it the um uh, mod that works in conjunction with dolphin emulator uh, yeah. to be able to play melee online there's there's a couple sides to that like first of all they don't want to support anything to do with emulation because they're nintendo and they're super anti-emulation R- regardless of legality of being able to use an emulator they don't want to support it i kind of yeah. understand that mm-hmm. but uh i like they probably also just don't want people playing melee competitively they want them to play ultimate mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it feels like there's like multiple reasons why they why they decided to do that um and it's not good from uh like a player standpoint player pr uh a, a lot like pretty much everybody's gonna look at that and be like why did you guys do this do you why why do you hate us <laughs> yeah uh and it doesn't feel healthy for the for the competitive scene but i i don't know if there's anything like i don't know if that's ever really going to change like it, it, they've been they've always had this kind of attitude um like even remember well, i don't remember what year that was actually evo where they basically tried to pull the plug uh, <laughs> mm, yeah i think that was a couple of years ago after it won like that like that that cancer donation thing maybe oh yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. what got into evo that year right yeah i think so that was a crazy year too so i think they have a track record of not wanting to support melee or like i guess like off-branded smash esports in general but it's mostly been melee is like the redhead stepchild i guess yeah i i feel like it pretty much usually boils down to the fact that like they have a newer smash game and they want you to play that one because that's what's good for them uh good for their bottom line and also like uh just good for them in general for advertising uh like getting people and keeping them in their ecosystem right yeah i mean they got to sell dlc and like new new versions of smash and right. like what's funny to me is that like or i guess it's not funny but what's interesting to me is like um i think they kind of can do this because i was thinking about like how this is interesting like related to grand blue versus i think grand blue versus we kind of got into a bit about how like they need to have some kind of tournament series to make it interesting for everybody. Right. But I feel like smash is so big now that they can piss off every melee player that has ever existed and smash will still sell like 2 million copies. Right. So it doesn't matter. I think that's the difference. Yeah. To an extent that's, that's true. Like what are you going to even regardless of what you do to your melee players, like, you really think that the next generation of kids when they release the next smash game, isn't going to be like, Oh daddy, I want that. Like th- th- it's going to sell regardless of, of what they do. But yeah. it, it just, yeah, it, I don't know. Uh, more and more, it feels like a calculated PR move to me. Like I, I know I'm not like, I, I saw something circulating on Twitter. There's some kind of anonymous smash something like manifesto thing. I'm just like, whatever. I'm not going to read this because it's probably fake anyway, but um, I don't know if you saw that, I'm but like, trying to think. yeah, somebody put out like a, did. somebody put out like a stupid, like twit longer about how there's some kind of smash insider or something. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. I don't believe that for one second, but um, either way, I was just like, yeah, it's interesting that like, you know, the perception is that they don't care about, you know, anything that doesn't help them like bottom line wise. And I was like, well, they're so big. They can't fail anymore. Like they can put any character in their game now. Like everybody wants to be in Smash. That's like so much free PR for them. They're, um, 
like their their character reveals, their um, Nintendo directs. They're just so like popular, irregardless of what they do to, to melee. Really, they could, like I said, they they take the they've you know they basically shit on melee like like for every couple of years, right? And I love everybody is like, oh, but but please give us that new character reveal, right? So yeah. I, I, like as as long as people are still continuing to buy the new Smash and this new Smash DLC, and just everything that goes along with that, yeah, I don't think it really matters in the long run what they what they do with Melee. So they will continue, uh, they'll continue to do this. Like they'll continue this behavior. All right, all right, Joshua. So what's your what's your take here? Boycott, boycott Smash. Boycott Smash. <laughs> is that what it is? I, no, my my take here is boycott like, Smash. Boy, if, playing, smash. if you're playing melee i i feel really bad for you but like you can't you can't move forward with the expectation that nintendo will ever stop doing this because they're, they're not going to yeah just, you, you have to face reality like if you want to have if you want to be on nintendo's good side you have to play their latest game and it, it sucks but that's how it is mm. yeah i i guess it's it's tough though it is pretty tough to like put i mean Mail has been around for eons now, right? So it's probably yeah, I mean, it's it's a good game, right? Like, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> tough to like want to play like an old game, but then uh, Daddy doesn't want to support it. All right, guys, I mean, that was uh, yeah. You want to say something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the only the only possible good thing that could happen is if somebody somewhere convinces them to re-release Melee on like a newer console, and then you're still going to have like input delay issues and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but that's pretty much the only way I think you'd ever get Nintendo to actually stop <laughs> to like to actually uh, support um, events and players of that game. Like otherwise it's just not going to happen. I think that leans plausible at some point because um, well, I think that 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 super Mario thing is all basically emulated, right? Uh, yeah. That collection. So like I'm, I'm like leaning, maybe they could make a smash collection at some point. <laughs> It would sell. That's for, that's for sure. Yeah, like bundle sixty four melee on brawl together, and Smash Four for the DS or something. <laughs> bundle that together, you probably got yourself like a eight hundred thousand seller right there. Yeah, it seems like it seems like easy money, but I, I think we've also seen before that Nintendo is kind of uh, I don't know stingy about what old games they release. They like it, it, they do the like Disney Vault thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Games. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they, yeah, they've done that. that. That makes sense, though. You know what? That's a pretty good takeaway from this, though, is that there's probably going to be like some kind of Smash collection. I like that. What what year anniversary was Mario? Thirty year? Oh, I'm not even sure. Yeah, it would have had to have been something like that, right? All right, thirty year, uh, thirty year anniversary of Smash. They're going to put sixty four melee and brawl together. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> We'll see if this is right. On a Grand Blue versus podcast. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> just getting back to how I feel about that. Um, I'm very thankful that we do play a game that, you know, the side games is very supportive of. I think that um, we've seen just the, in general, a lot of support from them. Just um, not only prize money, but also like artwork, um, developers like paying attention to the game, even though they don't know anything about fighting games and, you know, that, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely been a... Uh... It's overall positive in how the like developer and publisher are trying to actually support the game actively. Like this is this is a big difference compared to just fighting games in general. Like what 10, 10 more or more years ago? Like 
Oh yeah. I don't know. This is just well, such a stark contrast. Yeah. All right, let's take a short break, and then when we come back, we'll do like a rage bracket preview. Talk a little bit about um, that what they did to get up here, and then we'll go from there. Okay, and we're back. So what I want to get to today, um, and in this you're talking about Smash Brothers for however long that was, <laughs> is that, and like, uh, is that, you know, that, well, like we said, uh, Grand Blue versus his first party esports tournament, Rage GBVS. Or is, it's about as first party as you can get. And so the finals will be this weekend. And so I'm pretty excited to watch. I think the bracket um, is good. It's a really solid bracket. And I think I just want to get Joshua's take on most of the matches. <laughs> all right yeah uh, so i guess uh looking straight down the bracket right the first one is what koji cog and mochi yeah koji cog mochi um i think that i think mochi probably has this even though i think koji cog was incredibly prepared for uno um like koji cog played like he knew exactly how uno was going to do everything like when he when he did play his match like he kind of was like a couple steps ahead and so I, like the way he would just like you know do something and then like DP or super, I was just like mm, he's probably watched Uno play like a hundred thousand matches or something. And then well, one thing to note about that though is uh, if I recall correctly, um, I think Uno was there, but uh, there was an event at Lucy literally the day before. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of those players actually did play each other. Yeah. Uh, before the tournament, so however much you know you download your opponent or not, like every player has a different capacity for doing that. And it might've factored into it too. Yeah. The other thing too, is that like, um, because Belial is a pretty common character, you can watch him fight a different Belial and then kind of think yeah. about how are you going to go from there? I mean, you could say that about a lot of Grand Blue versus matchups because like, that, that's true, but I feel like Belial is more of a, like a Shoto straightforward type character. So I think it's probably a little bit easier to do that. Probably. So yeah, that was my take on it. I thought that like, 
I thought Uno played well against Koji Kog, but then ultimately, like the way that Koji Kog was playing, there wasn't like a way for him to t- make up that ground in, t- in like the Yomi battle. And so, yeah. But yeah, I think him versus Mochi, Mochi almost lost to Jiro, right? And then so. Yeah, that was pretty close if I recall correctly. It was Jiro won three straight and then Mochi won four straight. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, that, yeah. Go Jiro. Ahead. In that match, I think uh kind of caved pretty hard towards the end of it. Like he was doing really, really, really well, and then all of a sudden, like he just started making mistakes. And mm-hmm. then when Mochi was on the offense, like he just I, either guessed wrong or like just didn't have the confidence to try to like um be a little bit more careful. And yeah. he got he got blown up really hard for it. he got counter hit like multiple times. I think he took a lot of mental damage from how he ended up losing the second game. I, I also I, thought that too. That's yeah. that's how I felt about it as well. Because like I think he was um, on a different level, uh, Yomi wise for the start of it. And I think that's the only time I've ever seen Mochi like in danger of losing, right? And then yeah. so um, clearly he didn't win Arc Revel either. So that's probably not hundred percent true. But um, I thought that like because of the way the way that Jiro played, he kind of like threw him off his game. And then Mochi just started to like DP like every every time he got knocked down or something. <laughs> Yeah, he he hit with basically every single DV. <laughs> yeah, and that that makes it pretty hard when you're playing Luane because Luane has to like beat. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because it would have been it would have been cool to see uh, Jiro in in. Uh, <laughs> that was to get into the semifinals. Winners, yeah, right. That was to get into um that was to get into winner's side for um for for grand finals actually. So if he'd won, he would have been against Koji Kog. Yeah, that's what I thought, and then he ended up I think losing in. Uh, like you have to win one more in losers then because you lost at that point in yeah. order to make it into the, the finals. And so he got eliminated instead. I think he lost to Lagia, but we'll get into that later. Um, yeah. Then uh, the other match in winner's side is uh, uh, Amaterasu's score versus Kose Bilio. And score's playing Lancelot still. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that one, actually. Yeah. Uh, so actually, this is, this is just a, a note for uh, like all, every single one of these matches. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of Lagia, who is like dual playing uh, Belial and Catalina, mm-hmm. like, all four matches have a Belial player. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is something I'd like to circle back to at some point. But uh, Score said at one point on Twitter that he wasn't sure. He he thought that he might have to learn and play Belial against Belial players if things kept up the way they were, and I don't know if he got some other tech or something or feels more comfortable with it now um but there's there's a small chance he might actually character change okay poorly against kosei i think i think lancelot does pretty good against him so i'd be surprised he would give up that huge advantage and like overall experience i mean he's played lancelot since the beginning right yeah i i also feel that lancelot is one of the characters that uh can actually fight belial however uh my personal feelings and from what i've taken from listening to the other Lancelot players, everybody seems to feel that he still slightly loses to Belial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of it is also because of Belial's like five frame two L. Like <laughs> just that, that, that button is really good in general. It's uh, and, but playing like a close range character, like Lancelot, it also, it hurts when like you lose your close range interactions too. Uh, yeah. I think it takes a lot of discipline to play that matchup in general. So then oh, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily, suited for anybody who plays lancelot on purpose so like i think that's not everyone's game lancelot at least um 
from my opinion, and I've, I've heard other people also echo this, but Lancelot does really well uh, playing defensively. Like you, you get a lot of mileage out of like sitting there and waiting in neutral for them to commit to something. And whether you hit them with a sweep, you jump and throw them, uh, hit them with like a random uh, jump A, uh, or get them uh, like see them flitch and do six six H or something. Uh, it, you you get a lot of mileage out of playing reactively with him because yeah. then you immediately go into Lancelot pressure, which is where he wants to be, right? Yeah, that's the thing is that like I think that. I think that's his like optimal play style, right? To never commit. And I think even on offense, you don't really have to commit either. And that's kind of how Scored played his matchup yeah. against EO. But then not everybody picks a character like Lancelot to play really safe. Right, right, right. Yeah. Honestly, Score is actually one of the safest Lancelot players that I've that I've seen. Uh, he he pretty much entirely plays like that. Uh, but he he it works for him, and he does really well. He's very consistent. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's been he's been grinding it out for like a long time. Uh, next one is um, Teshiro. I thought it was Tetsuro, but it's Teshiro. I don't well, know if it, they messed up. They they did mess up. They misread Tsuishi. I've been there. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's Tetsuro. So yeah, it I was is. reading this. He's against Lagia, who played. Um, Cat- he's a uh, Tetsuro Charlotta versus Lagia Catalina slash Belio. Um, so Lagia cracks me up because he only played Belio and Belio mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> And That's also like, what I think Juro was doing too. Yeah. I find that well actually no, Judo played um I'm pretty sure Judo played Loane against Belial most of the time. I think it, it like a because I think if he's I think it's a, against certain players he would play Belial in a mirror because he like those players know everything about um Loane. So then like <laughs> if they don't know everything about him, then he'll go back to Loane, right? But it, it felt like he, he would try to feel it out a little bit too yeah. before jumping to that decision. He also said he, that he didn't want to play Lewain Mirrors either. I remember mm. him explicitly saying that. So he also had Belial as a pocket for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lagia, Lagia, I really only saw play Belial. Yeah, in what Mirrors? That's probably in Mirrors. Yeah, he played Catalina for every other match, from what I can tell. And I think he's the one who eliminated Jiro on that note. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he plays Belial like. He's Catalina in that Catalina, matchup. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm just like, that's fine. I mean, if you just want to make the tools exactly the same, then sure, go for it. I think Catalina is one of her weaknesses is that like you'll use 2M as like your poke, you know, because that's just your go to move as Catalina a lot of the time. And right. like, you don't want to get crouching counter hit even if by an accident. So it's a good move. But, you know, I think that if you want to just take the risk away from that and then just equalize everything else, then sure. I mean, to when when you inspect like Belial's 2M in comparison, it's plus one and is only seven frames and is a very similar range ish. So I don't know, like it. <laughs> well, I think Catalina's is it's better in a different way. It's not. It is. They're yeah, not yeah. the same move. Yeah, they're not the same move, but you can you can definitely use his kind of similar ish uh, and get away with it. Also, in some situations where you you probably don't want to press 2M as Catalina. But I don't know. It's either way, Lagia is like, <laughs> I don't know. Lagia is definitely one of the, the players that in general seems to play like really, really, really strong defensive footsies mm-hmm. against people. Um, I, I don't remember if he actually OCV'd a team or like came close to it. Into oh, one yeah. Of the, uh, he yeah, he he put in a lot of work in one of them. I think he was like ten deep or something, and like a you know 
I think yeah. in, in the first to 20. So I remember, I do remember that. I think he plays like def- he's very defensive in neutral, but he makes decisions quickly. And yeah. then, so once he does get on offense, like he kind of just like goes balls to the wall, just like doing his thing. And then, so, but like, he's, it's like a pretty like powerful, like change of pace, right? That's kind of the way he plays. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I like that about him. Um, that's probably the thing that stood out to me the most watching him. Another, another thing that stood out to me was that, um, and this is, I think this is just because he's one of the younger players, but like his uh, ability to react and confirm to things is extremely good. Like yeah. even, even among like all of the top players in this bracket, like that's one of the areas where he definitely shines. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. He got pretty far last time in rage. So Yeah. I'm I'm thinking also he's most likely just going to pick Catalina because I think his preference is to play Catalina as much as he can, mm-hmm. um, especially against a Charlotte player. I, I feel like that's the obvious choice, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, Charlotta is at that at the range where you would fight Belial most effectively. Their ranges are very similar, so I feel like she mm-hmm. does pretty good against him. Um, so that's like the one wild card that I don't really know what would happen if Tetsuro like made it all the way up through the bracket. Like I don't know how. I think he doesn't have like a bad matchup in the bracket per se. So and His like worst you know, matchup is Loggy at this point, right? Yeah, like, that's how I look at it. But I had um Tibola on last week who said Charlotta is the best character in in a netplay environment. And, in like, netplay uh, environment, sure, but this is offline. I know, but I was also <laughs> like, yeah, it is offline. But I think that some of those some of those principles still apply in my opinion, because like if you can get your opponent to think or like react slightly slower, you know, just how are you playing neutral? Then it's the same as online to some extent. Right. So I don't know like how you could accomplish that per se. I'm not a Charlotte player, but um, I think that's theoretically possible to apply to some of the same principles. Although you can't just like hold up forward. Right. It's probably more about like reacting to your opponent's rhythm when they like, you know, choose to crouch to kind of get rhythm to do things and then jumping at that particular timing, that's probably how you would do it in an offline environment. But So even, even in offline, uh, you see a lot of Charlotte players do this in general, um, but you'll see them like do a, a spaced uh, universal overhead randomly when the opponent is looking for the jump really, really, really often. Um, oh, yeah. Because, because she puts herself in the air, it looks like she's jumping, right? And then you score a counter hit, and you can confirm that into a bunch of damage when they try to 2H you or DP or something. Yeah, and that's also like the uh, that's like the that's like the can in Street Fighter Four where you just like walk up and do the kick like the overhead kick. <laughs> you see that sometimes. I mean, it doesn't lead to forty percent on counter hit, but same Wait. principle. Yeah, it is the same principle. <laughs> yeah, because you expect Ken to kind of just like walk up and do crouching medium like over and over again or whatever. Yeah, you have to it, like it seems unorthodox, but um, that type of stuff works really well in this game. Um, and yeah, it, it, that's not isolated to, to online. Like that, that will catch people. I've seen it catch people offline as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's possible. Okay. Really, the worst the worst matchup, yeah, is is really just Lagia. Outside of that, what it'd be Belial, um, Fairy, uh, Lancelot, or uh, Metara, and mm-hmm. like that's a bad matchup for Lancelot. Um, it's like not. Uh, I don't know if Fairy. How do how how do you think? fairy matchup works against uh i think it's challenging but winnable just because like i think that at uh, at surface glance it's like oh well charlotte has so much trouble getting in but charlotte actually has to like 
Charlotte has to work hard getting in on every, almost every character. So I yeah. think that from a philosophical or like a matchup standpoint, um, you know, it's the same. But it is Mochi we're talking about. So I don't know if he could beat Mochi personally, but it's on, on paper, it's doable, right? Yeah, on, on paper, it's just like, yeah, you struggle getting in. But like once you're in, you're, you've got Charlotte pressure and the character has a, an 11 frame reversal. So I, <laughs> I feel more. like... The, the counter like is really underrated right now too. Like I think it'll come out more, but you can't just like do a dumb pinwheel um, against her or things like that because she'll yeah. just counter it. Yeah, the the her five U is is actually a lot stronger and a lot more uh, usable in a lot of different situations that I don't think people have really fully thought out yet. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's it's interesting. Like I uh, I saw some of uh, like uh, there's a Charlotte player called Katsumi Love. And he started using the the five U when people would mash uh, when he's like slightly minus or like space too far to uh, enforce pressure after like uh, hands, um, like non EX hands. So it was it's interesting. Like you can you can use that tool in a lot of interesting situations. Yeah, it's a pretty hard read. I think um, I think it was Kasumi Love who got eventually called out on that kind of thing. Um, like in the long run, like it didn't it didn't work because once people played around the counter really well, like it's, it's harder yeah, to I mean, like you, win. You have but... to stop at some point. Yeah. But it's, it's probably possible. Something you have to pay attention to. Um, let's see here. All right. So I think the last match would be EO versus Kubo. Now Kubo cracks me up because he won two billion years to get into the top eight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy, but um... uh, he, he was, he's really happy with, uh, with Belial in general. I've, I've noticed. <laughs> is when the character release he's like uh i forgot what exactly he said but he's like uh talking about how how he was enjoying belial and please don't immediately nerf belial <laughs> <laughs> he's like immediately worried that people that people were going to complain so much that the character would get nerfed before he could even use it in like a, a big tournament but obviously that has not happened and and here he is in uh in top eight of rage yeah i mean he's he played very well. It was like, because um, like I said, he won two billionaires to win. And like the person he, he beat, I forgot who it was, but he that person lost two billionaires to like get out of the bracket, right? So um, I forgot who it was, but it was close to his opponent. Um, it wasn't Honcho, was it? I don't remember. It might have been, it might have been, but yeah, either way, I think Kosei's opponent lost to him in a billionaire and then also lost to Kubo to like be done it. So yeah, nobody uh, blame but yourself. <laughs> Belial, you have to, yeah, you basically have to know the Belial matchup if you're going to play in Rage at all. Yeah, I think um, EO. I didn't. I thought EO played really well in general, um, but he didn't. We didn't really see him play. Um, like he had a tough match against Score. He doesn't really. Yeah, that was a tough match to watch just in general too, because Score played even safer than ever, right? Yeah. So he didn't like EO. Didn't really get much time to play. He still did pretty well for what he did, but. Um, Io versus Kubo. I think Matera does okay against him if you can if you defend yourself. How do you how do you feel about the uh, Cagliostro matchup versus Belial? Like, so, how do you think that goes? I think it's bad. Um, just because bad Cagliostro, Cagliostro, yeah. So he had a plan to play Cagliostro against. Um, he he said in his interview he was going to play Cagliostro against um, Gamera. I think that was his plan. And I think the Kegelisha Gita matchup might have worked in his, like, I don't know if it's good, but I think against a player like Gamera who may not have been familiar and like the character's tools may not have been 
as suited as like character like Belial. Um, that was his plan, but I don't know if we'll ever see Cagliostro in this bracket just because of how it's like shaping out. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Eo would could find a reason to switch, but he's been grinding Cagliostro pretty pretty strongly. So yeah, I, there's always a chance, but I I don't know if it would be in this match. I think it would maybe be in a later match if he was gonna do it at all. Yeah, if I if I could see him get to like grand finals, he might throw a game away on it, maybe. And just I think that, yeah. yeah, but I think like you know the top eight is very tight, right? And only you only have two matches before you're out of the tournament, so I don't I don't foresee that coming, and I don't really think it's a good idea against Belial. But Kubo is also a person who's probably played against Kaglio, a decent amount, also. I so. think, I don't know if I remember seeing him actually play the character at all. But pretty much everybody, everybody in in the top eight here, I think, has been generally grinding that matchup. Yeah. Uh, even even at the uh, like very rare offline events, uh, you see like people will take the opportunity to to play it against one of the stronger CAG players just to make sure that they don't get caught off guard. Yeah, and I think Kagalistro is a really popular character too. Like especially when the character came out. So doesn't surprise me that like that you need to know how to play against the character. The other thing too is like the teleport. If you don't react correctly to that it's pretty scary right you have yeah, to react you, you can't can like uh, very quickly if you if you don't respond to that correctly yeah you have to react you can't like not react because not reacting and playing passive against it is the, the, that's bad actually <laughs> yeah you basically let her continue pressure and do whatever the hell she wants which is uh definitely not what you want yeah so i think it's interesting yeah so that's that was top eight um it is it is half half ish Belial players. I think that, um, well, it's not Leroy Smith, but um, I think it's the, yeah, pretty high though. Like this is what like three full Belial players out of eight. So that's okay. I mean, my perspective is that okay. So Leroy Smith was seven out of eight. Okay, seven out of eight. Wow, that, yeah. that is pretty impressive. I yeah, will say so that. That is, and you know, the non Leroy Smith player is the one who won. But so even then, I was like, eh, I mean, Leroy Smith is clearly easy and strong, so doesn't surprise me. Other parallel I have is Genjiro in um, Samurai, Samurai Spirits. Yeah, I think Samurai Spirits, uh, the new Samurai Showdown was four Genjiros or five, four or five. So no, that's that's pretty significant. He, yeah, Genjiro also got adjusted though, right? He got nerfed. Yeah, Genjiro was clearly the best character though. He had a move that was like had like no roof recovery. <laughs> so like hey, at the start of the round that move was unbeatable <laughs> it's funny but yeah enough about him I think um, three out of eight I think you've seen like in classic arc tournaments especially like the first version of a game um, you get a lot of a certain character that's like strong and easy I think the very first exert was like Ramothal was very 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 popular and I um, I, like I don't know if I've seen this extent like just for them being new like maybe maybe uh maybe like the first month or so, right? Mm. Uh, but this is going on what like a couple months now? Yeah, depends on your perspective of it because you know I think Belial he replaces all of the shadows, and so if you compare to the he does pretty much everything that they took away from the other characters. Uh, he he has basically. Yeah. So he's got good mid-screen damage. He's got a, a 2L that violates the design rule that they've had for every other character. It's faster, can mash it in areas where other people can't actually mash a button. Yeah. Moving forward on his far 
five H is really strong. His damage is very good. Uh, it's just, yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of stuff, but I like overall his play rate among like higher level plays, like basically 30%. Yeah. Which is extremely high, especially in a, in a game with as many characters as grand blue has. That's well, extreme. I think it's because he's a Shoto. Like if he was like a technical character that was, that kind of did what he did. I think his play rate wouldn't be as high just cause well, yeah, like, cause course. like I think, um, he kind of replaces other like basic characters. And so if you take it into the context of like the original rage, I think the original rage was like eight or s- five or six out of eight were shuttle characters. Right. And yeah. so if you kind of just replaced all of them with Belial, you would have had six or five, five or six Belials instead. Right. So that's kind of where we're at meta wise. I think the other okay. shuttles are just not as appealing anymore. The combination of um, easy to play and also extremely powerful like basically one of the most powerful, I, I would argue the most powerful ga- character in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the combination of also being easy to play makes it like guaranteed that like everybody's gonna play him, right? It's it's kind of like uh, before before Margaret and and Ken and stuff and and Persona, everybody was playing Minazuki. Mm. Like Minazuki and Narakami were the two like really 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 powerful characters that you'd see in so many so many tournaments in Persona, right? Yeah, that that combination is is basically exactly what you want for tournament tournament performance. Yeah, to be stable, right? Right. All right. I think um, I have to cut it short here. Unfortunately, I have to go. But okay. Um, that was that was a good talk. It was good talking to you. Um, yeah, good talking to you too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to rage. Uh, who do you think will win? Oh my god. Uh, so I think Koji Cog. Okay. Either, Ko- either Koji Cog or Score. I think. Have All right, a good chance at winning. All right, kebab is on you if if uh, he doesn't win. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll bet on. Yeah. How about this? Yeah. If Belio if Belio wins, I'll buy you kebab, and then <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So if if Koji Kog wins, then I don't owe you a kebab. You owe me yeah, a kebab, right? Basically. And then if Koji Kog does not win, or any Belio, yeah. <laughs> Any Belial. All right, all right. I'll, I'll bet on Belial. All right, cool. <laughs> it was great talking to you, and we'll see you guys next time. All right, later. Bye. <laughs>